When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, guys. This is Margie from Delaware. First of all, I want to say I love your podcast. You guys are awesome. I always want to jump in on the conversation. Uh, second, I'm actually kind of surprised that none of you mentioned Train to Busan as your favorite Asian horror. That's my favorite Asian horror. Anyway, uh, my question for you guys is, since Christmas is coming, what is your favorite Christmas horror? Mine is Krampus and a Christmas horror story. Have a great day, guys. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Margie. Uh, first of all, I have no idea why we didn't mention Train to Busan. It could just be because we thought it, we all thought it was a layup and we had talked about it before. Definitely an error on our part. If you haven't seen Train to Busan, I highly recommend it, even as not a zombie fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I actively dislike zombie uh, zombie like horror movies because I love like 28 Days Later and the remake of Dawn of the Dead and plenty of zombie movies out there to choose from. It's just not necessarily my go-to, but it was it was one I heard enough about to give it a shot. I was like, all right, I get it. <laughs> like, this is All right. It, it's pretty impressive that you can still, there's still the capacity to turn out a really good zombie movie in this day and age with all the zombies we've been inundated with. But anyway, I'm going to go the really simple low road on this one and say my favorite Christmas horror movie is Gremlins because I don't watch a lot of Christmas horror movies and that's just kind of my go-to and I recently got my daughter into Gremlins a little bit. She can only stay yeah she can only stay until they like until the pods appear and then she's out. (laughs) Nobody can see but you guys but it's like they have a gizmo right here. So yeah, we got Gizmo on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm also Team Gremlins. Yeah, so I Gremlins is definitely my favorite. How about you guys? Well, I really, <laughs> really love Christmas themed horror movies. So one of my top ones, um, this one's a little bit more recent. Better watch out from 2016. Same. Which yeah, I'm gonna talk about that one later. I'm excited. Okay, I don't know. What that <laughs> I just feel pumped. I, Good I just, timing on that one, Mark. Yeah, I started. <laughs> yeah, went running again, and so it's just like I'm just really pumped. And who needs soda? Um, and then also, but Zena, how can you run through five <laughs> inches of snow? Oh wait, that's me. Yeah, sorry. she can with better watch out. <laughs> oh, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just have and, to run from all the people on bath salts. It's Florida. It's relevant. I mean, it's true. I, I, oh my God, stop it. Okay. But, um, (laughs) another one, of course, I really love Silent Night, Deadly Night, um, from 1984. Mm. I've been saying naughty a lot, just randomly yelling out the word naughty. It makes me feel good. See, I'm the opposite. I go like Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. It's garbage day. His face. He just has one of those faces you just want to just slap. So bad. I love it. Okay. But yeah. Um. And also, uh, Dead End is. I was waiting for you to mention that one. It's just so good. It's really creepy. I highly recommend it. Checking it out. Lynn Shea is in it. She's amazing. And 
I'll, I'll just give you like one more. Otherwise, I'll be going on forever. But I really love Black Christmas. Yeah. But I really love the one Which from one? 2006. Dang, Black oh, Xmas. Really? Yeah. You know, I think Old that just came, did that just come out on Amazon? Uh, I believe the, that the Christmas one that just the 2006 one. I believe that it is. Um, yeah, I wanted to check that one out. So I know, it's like, some it's good a kills, hit or miss. That's for sure, right? I just feel like the, the kills are like super creative, and I don't know. I kind of like love the feel of it, and plus, it was just kind of like that's when I started like binging more, like around 2006, like holiday themed horror yeah. movies. So, but yeah, like I, I think it's fun. I'm not saying it's better <laughs> than oh, yeah. the original one, but it I'm is fun. I give you fun. that. The, my my one thing that still drives me crazy about it to this day, though, is like. Why make him jaundiced? He yeah. looks like a baseball fury from <laughs> Warriors. But other than that, it's like super fun. And it is super gory kills. It right. doesn't come close to the classic. Not but at all. there's room on, on the table for both. So true. And then if I can pick at it, it is to like with the guy, Billy, who's like weird. He is He's for the baseball some reason, fury. Yeah. Right. For some reason, he, he talks and it's like, no, you know, I would rather... <laughs> yeah. Him not talk, you know, just randomly calling. It's my family now. No one said that they wanted your family, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what about you, Megan? Um, I to to differentiate because I also love Better Watch Out and Black Christmas, Anna and the Apocalypse. Yes. Mm. Uh, Dial Code Santa Claus, which. Aww is a recently unearthed gem from 1989, mm-hmm. like literally the year before Home Alone. It has a very similar plot to Home Alone in which this rich kid is left home alone uh, while his mom's at work. He didn't get forgotten. But Santa, like this crazy man dressed as Santa breaks in and he thinks he's Rambo and it's like he's setting up traps for, for this evil Santa that's come to kill him. Um, I don't think it's on streaming yet. You Maybe I you can it rent it on, on VOD, but for sure you can get a Vinegar Syndrome blu-ray they just released i thought it was on shutter no or maybe it was one year oh maybe it is or maybe it's coming to shutter good point that is true um rare exports is always a favorite of mine uh the day of the beast alex de la de la La iglesia i cannot pronounce that um but i love that one a lot that one's more dark humor so if you like his stuff like witching and bitching you'll like that one (laughs) a christmas tale um which was a 2005 ish made for tv movie in spain Mm -hmm. where these kids find somebody dressed like santa in a hole and they decide to be mean about it so (laughs) karma yeah um the children which yes yeah uh inside if we're bending the theme a little because all of that chaos does take place Mm -hmm. over christmas eve um there's a dutch movie called saint or sint (gasps) love it that one is so much fun and then if we're going way out there in crazy town, uh, blood beat. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't even want to tell you what it's about just cause it's utter madness and it's best if you discover that for yourself, but it's a 1983 crazy movie with Christmas time samurais. So yeah. yeah. See, and, and that's why I love being a part of this podcast. Not only do you get references to the warriors, yeah, but but I also get shown up on so many levels of horror. I don't know half of the movies you just named. Aww. And Zena just enthusiastically supported. And I'm like, I, I, I got nothing. 
I said Gremlins, so I'm 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 stuck. But that's, that There's was nothing wrong line. with Stone Cold classics, though. So true. But I'll go toe to toe on found footage movies that I've watched 15 times in a row that I might or might not mention later in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That is okay. Speaking of which, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist, Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. You know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and for her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hey. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope that your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror, even now that October is done and we're... Really just settling into November, <laughs> I guess. I got Christmas decorations in my house. Right? I'm so bummed out. Christmas tree. Why? Anyway, <laughs> kids like it, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, anyway, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else not related to Christmas that are making the three of us smile right now. Or maybe they are related to Christmas in Zena's case <laughs> that she teased earlier. <laughs> so speaking of which, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? I started watching Christmas-themed horror movies, John. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I just, I couldn't help myself. So the first one I decided to check out uh, was a rewatch for me, and it is Better Watch Out on Amazon from 2016. When you think the suburbs, when you think of the suburbs, you think safety. But this holiday night, the suburbs are anything but safe. Ashley thought this babysitting job was going to be an easy night, but the night takes a turn when dangerous intruders break in and terrorize her and her 12-year-old boy, Luke. <laughs> well, it's not her boy, but... Jeez. <laughs> so dramatic. Uh, I, I try to add that tone. But um, again, this is one of my favorite Christmas-themed horror movies. Um, in general, the holidays can be so overwhelming. It could be so much. And I know people who absolutely love the holidays. And then I know people who hate the holidays. I'm someone who, who, who love the holidays, you know, no, I don't go out caroling or, you know, dressing up as an elf. Though I thought about it, I'm thinking about doing it this year because, you know, you might as well, I'm going to be home. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm someone where it's like, I love my horror movies. I love them dark and bloody and like really shocking. And I thought that this one was super shocking. It went completely different than what I thought. I was thinking that it was going to be more of a home invasion movie. And if you haven't seen this movie, you can read the synopsis. That's cool. But don't watch the trailer. Just watch yeah. it. Seriously. I feel like uh, the performances are super strong. I love the dialogue. It's very crafty. And I feel like because the way it, it, it doesn't take on like the, the same tropes or like it doesn't go in the direction that I thought. So because of that, it is it feels super fresh, like a brand new type of movie. And I would love to see more like this. But then at the same time, it's like something I noticed that a lot of people don't really talk about with this movie is how dark it is. Like, it is so dark. Right? It's just like, it is just shocking. I was appalled when I watched it. Like, I knew what was happening, but I guess it was just kind of like just re-watching it again. Because the, the last time I checked it out was maybe like in 2017. So it's been a little bit. But yeah, I highly recommend it. It's not mindless torture but no. it's it smart yeah I think it's super smart director chris peckover knows exactly how far to push it but then not push it over the edge so like right. there's darkness but there's definitely a lot of humor it is a dark horror right. comedy it is so there's humor it is so but yeah highly recommend that one and plus it could help put you in the holiday spirit maybe a little <laughs> bit 
John. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, though. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I'll try. You know, we're friends. You got to help out friends. So I don't know what that, what is this? Karate class? Okay. <laughs> we're friends. Judo chop. <laughs> I was watching some kung fu movies this weekend. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just all over the place. And yeah, she hasn't had soda. I haven't. It's just this natural, like, I'm just ready to party. I don't know. Yeah. She's got the Christmas <laughs> spirit. <laughs> okay. And then uh, the last thing I checked out on DVD, uh, Beethoven uh, from 1987. It's a made-for-TV movie about this young couple who moves to this remote seacoast village only to find out that their neighbors are like a secret coven of witches and they want them to join them. And if they don't, then, you know, you die. So um, I think it's a lot of fun. It's very low budget. It has like a little creepy tone to it. And I really love like movies with witches. Um, and it's it's a little bit ridiculous, just a teeny bit, because like with the neighbors, you clearly know like, hey, there's something wrong with them. There's clearly something up with them, but it's just like... <laughs> you know, they're trying to be normal and it's just like, whatever, you're a witch. That's, that's how I would feel. But yeah, I feel like it, <laughs> it has, it's like, I feel like it's like a, a mixture of like, I want to say like Nancy Drew because um, the main character, Linda, like she's trying to like solve like this mystery and then her husband's acting like a weirdo. But then there's a dash of like Rosemary's Babies and even like the Amityville Horror not budget wise like the budget is the low budget because you know it is a made for tv movie but tim matheson is in it and um that's really cool to see him in this role and uh woody harrelson is in it for a little bit so yeah it's a nice. fun movie i really like it so there you go i think that if john has a brand it's definitely found footage and if zena has a brand it's witches yes i'm mm. a witchy woman so witchy what did you woman. watch i approve um, I actually was inspired by John's viewing habits, which seems like it might continue. Um, but I watched <laughs> Below, which I don't know if either of you have watched Below. No. But, um, it's on Pluto TV. It came out in 2002 and it's by, uh, director David Tui, co-written by Darren Aronofsky. And it's a World War II submarine move set movie. So submarine USS Manta had a perfect record until the mysterious death of its captain. Next in command, uh, played by Bruce Greenwood, is determined to steer his crew back to safety, but after um, they pick up three survivors from a crashed sh or a shipwrecked ship, strange things start happening on this submarine. So... Oh, I think I have seen this. Yeah. you probably It's got a lot, a lot of people in it, um, which I cannot remember. It's Zach Galifianakis before he, you know, hit it big with the hangover. Really? Mm -hmm. um, Matthew okay. David, Olivia something. She was the wife in The Sixth Sense. It's got a lot of people in it. But it's, and I remember seeing this when it first came out on DVD or whatever in 2002. And I loved it. And they couldn't figure out why nobody was talking about the movie, why nobody saw it. Um, it was a complete flop at the box office. And then, you know, so basically this is my first time actually having revisited it in 18 years. And I kind of understand why. Um, it's super, super <laughs> slow burn, especially for the horror part of it. I think mm -hmm. a big chunk of it plays like this paranoid 
war drama thriller where you're trying to figure out what's going on. Why is this new captain such a jerk to the British people? Um, and especially since one of the three passengers is German and that causes tension. And then the more like this, what happened before he took over starts to come into play, the more that, that the haunting starts to come into play. So I kind of liken this to the devil's backbone mm-hmm. um, in the same in the same sense that it's not really a horror story. The horror story pushes it forward and comes into play later on, but that's not really the focus. So I still like it. I still like it. But I do think that 18 years removed, it is a lower budget movie and you can kind of see some of the in, in especially when they're in the outdoor, like outside of the, the sub, like they're trying to fix some things that are wrong and so they're out mm-hmm. in the water and that kind of looks a little low budget but i don't know i still really like it so nice. that was a, a john inspired choice and then mm-hmm. i watched cemetery of terror which is on blu-ray through vinegar syndrome um it's movie was out and uh, released in mexico in 1985 so john you would be happy to know that while Xena went Christmas, I went back to Halloween. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. So the plot of this one is uh, on Halloween night, a trio of teens looking to get laid decide the best way to impress their ladies is to take them to this mansion or this dilapidated cobweb-filled house. And uh, when that doesn't work, they take it a step further and they take a book that they find in this house, go to a morgue, steal a corpse, and then drag everyone to a cemetery to perform a seance. Because what says love and romance like a crazy corpse-stealing ritual? Sounds like me and my wife's first date. Yeah. (laughs) You romancer. Um, We call it partners in crime, so really it's... When you become an accomplice, it's a, it's a different level of bond. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking marriage right off the bat, right? <laughs> well, yeah. The, this, this trio of dudes don't realize that the body that they chose from the morgue happens to be a satanic serial killer who is looking to make plans to come back from the grave anyway. So naturally, chaos ensues. <laughs> um, it is a really, really fun movie. There's a lot happening. First of all, it's it's cheesy that these dudes want... They think that this is the way that's going to get them laid. So, I mean, I guess I give them points for creativity. Uh, it's It's got, like, a subplot with a bunch of kids that, instead of trick-or-treating, they carve these jack-o'-lanterns, which... I need to do this. I'm bar- I'm going to borrow this. They actually make jack-o'-lanterns. Like, they carve pumpkins, but then they, like, hold them like lanterns with little handles. What? Which has nothing to do with the dang plot. I'm just admiring their craft. <laughs> um, but they decide that they're going to do, like, a Scooby-Doo-style mystery in a cemetery. So, naturally, that's going to intersect at some point with these, you know, teens that just want to party. So, it's it's super fun. It's super gory. Um, the special makeup effects designer behind My Bloody Val- Valentine, the 1982 slasher, he handles the gore and special makeup effects here. So, expect things to get super goopy bloody. Um, notable Mex- Mexican actor Hugo Stiglitz, he's, he pops in as the Loomis-type character. But yeah, it's a, if you don't want to let go of Halloween, nobody says you have to. It's like... Hollow Thanksgiving Christmaca this year, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. That one sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what I watched. So, John, you're it. Uh, so, 
I have a, a, I don't know how to put it. This was a weird week for me. Okay. Um, part of it was I just didn't watch much horror this week. And the horror okay. that I did try and watch didn't work really well. Like, mm-hmm. I may or may not have watched all three I Know What You Did Last Summer movies. I may or may not have watched <laughs> all three. The, 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 <laughs> yeah. I may or may wa- not have watched <laughs> The Blair Witch, the new one, not the good one. Um, like Robocop, <laughs> like a lot of non horror stuff, like Freestyle Love Supreme on Hulu, which is amazing and everyone should watch anyway, especially if you love Hamilton. Um, forgot what I was talking about. Oh, I didn't watch any found footage. Um, I couldn't find any found footage, any new found footage or ones that I frankly wanted to rewatch that I really liked, which mm, is fair. kind of a bummer. I think I might have kind of tapped myself out there for as many as I was watching. So, I had to come up with a theme. Okay. And last episode we talked about you said you were surprised that I didn't watch Blood Vessel because I was on a World War One Two kick with my theme. So I finished watching Blood Vessel. 2019's Blood Vessel on Shutter, which I enjoyed. So lifeboat survivors during World War Two board a seemingly abandoned German ship that's carrying something sinister. And the other description I saw kind of gives away what the sinister thing is. I'm like, ah, just watch it. You'll see Mm -hmm. the sinister thing in like 45 minutes or so. So I did enjoy the movie. I was, I think I'm a little burnt out on World War II stuff that Nazis did. (laughs) (laughs) You don't say. Yeah. So, which kind of stinks because my next movie is basically also related. (laughs) But um, it's a really good movie. It was just... It was paced really strangely to me. Um, it felt like it could have had, because I really liked the acting. I liked, I mean, there was a couple of characters that were just really extraneous. Like the, they existed almost more to feel like a cliche for lifeboat survivors to create the tension and everything else. And yeah. then it doesn't actually lead to anything, which is fine, count, but I definitely, but. Yeah, exactly. And which is really what it was. But the problem was, is that I found myself with a couple of the characters like, oh, where are we going to go with this? Oh, mm-hmm. nowhere. <laughs> oh, shoot. You, you were kind of setting up like this guy was important. Oh, he's not. Okay, he's dead. That didn't matter. <laughs> um, but I, I, I did enjoy it. Like, it's a very beautifully shot movie. Um, the, the more or less two main characters, male characters, I guess through it um are really good like it, it it does bring up interesting themes of wartime and survivors and, and trying to band together and survive and all that it, it's a it's a solid watch if you're just looking for it's not going to go super deep by any means i think it works really good as just like background like if you're doing something else like you don't have to pay mm-hmm. perfect attention but it's, it was perfectly enjoyable watch and it's available on shutter so okay so I was desperate to try and find a theme, and Amazon found my theme for me uh, because it recommended 1980s Death Ship, Ooh. which I had never heard of. So I was like, all right, I'll go 1980s and figure this one out. A mysterious ghost freighter rams and sinks a modern-day cruise ship whose survivors climb aboard the abandoned freighter and discover that something horrible is there with them. So this is, this is very 1980s. Mm-hmm. like horror it's uh there's definitely like a lot of uh, i don't want to say it's not necessarily cheesy because i actually think 
it maintains some really good tension throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the highs and lows of it are a little bit strange and that like someone can get hit with like a winch and like, you know, in this day and age, like, oh, he's got brain damage or a concussion or he's not going to stand up and he just like kind of shakes it off. <laughs> but there's actually some pretty good scares and it definitely felt a lot like this had to have ha- played some sort of role in in inspiring ghost ship from whatever yeah. 2006 or whatever with gabriel Byrne. yeah I it's very so very similar you know like it's the the overall theme especially like once they get on the ship it's like the 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 cause of the horrible things that are happening on there is completely different but just the presence, the overall, like, what's going on and, like, people starting getting picked off and things like that. Like, it's very, it's very ghost shippy. Yeah. And honestly, with the exception of the first scene in Ghost Ship, I think I'd rather watch Death Ship. Because it gets, Ghost Ship gets, Ghost Ship gets weird. <laughs> like, there's does. some big leaps in that movie. And it can never live up to that opening. I feel like it loses yeah. like, kind of momentum after that killer, no pun intended, opening. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it. Like it's like That's I okay. really like the ending because I didn't see that coming. So That's fair. Sure. <laughs> I mean You like claim to that one. So I think that I think Ghost Ship definitely falls within comfort watch territory. Oh, for which, sure. Again, for me. Comfort Watch is not a good movie. It's an enjoyable movie. A movie you can put on and not necessarily be completely uh, um, like sucked into or invested in. You could walk away, come back, and you're fine. You've seen it over and over again. Like It's just there. Totally understand that. I think, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and someone else might watch it and be like, what in the hell are you talking about? <laughs> is that Rambo's commanding officer in it? Yes, it is. His name is Richard Crenna. But it's enjoyable. <laughs> I, yep. I liked it, and it's on Amazon, so it's free. So, low barrier of entry there. There you go. And then I had to stay. I had to stick with seafaring, and it was a perfect excuse for me to finally watch 2020's Sea Fever. I've been meaning to watch it since I saw the trailer a couple of months ago. The crew of a maroon fishing trawler and the doctoral student aboard to do research find themselves threatened by a horrifying infection, and it's way more complicated than that, actually. Well, not way more. It's more complicated than that. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. But this, it was such a good movie. Like, beginning to, like, just like a beautifully shot movie. Like, and, and it was, I think it was supposed to have a theatrical leak pre-COVID. And obviously it was made before COVID kicked in. But holy crap, is this movie about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's crazy just the, the the concept of infection and how people are going to react to the infection and how they think it affects them and their loved ones and what, what they're willing to do on top of it. It's kind of creepy, <laughs> like how close it parallels what everyone's going through right now. But yeah. the cast, the cast and acting is all like incredibly strong. Like it's just 
if you're looking for any sort of like sea themed horror movie, go for Sea Fever. I thought it was going to be more like The Thing for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it was the isolation aspect and like it was going to be a bigger deal, which I guess it kind of Kind is. of a little bit. Like it, it's. At least as far as like the paranoia aspect. Yeah. The, the paranoia and the isolation aspect, like not knowing what it is. But it actually has kind of a cooler like theme. Like there's just something that the main actress, the doctoral student says at the end. That's actually like just super refreshing that you don't hear in horror movies. And I'm not going to say it here. I'll just oh, yeah. talk to <laughs> Zena and Megan afterwards because it'll give us stuff away. But it's a great movie. It's on Hulu. Again, it's free. 2020's Sea Fever. Highly recommend it. Check it out. I think we forgot to do this last week. So once again, real quick, what did we watch and where did we watch it? I watched uh, Better Watch Out on Amazon and Beethoven. It was actually I own the DVD because I'm cool. You are cool. And Megan? Uh, Below. I watched Below on Pluto TV, and I have the Blu-ray of Cemetery of Terror. And I watched Blood Vessel on Shudder, Death Ship on Amazon, and Sea Fever on Hulu. So enough of what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on all the news and trending topics in the world of horror this week. Megan, what's going on? (laughs) I will just preface this with, this might be officially Slasher Week. Because it's crazy, we have a lot of slasher related news this week to cover. Um, So, if anybody was hoping for a slasher revival, I think it's coming, and I think it's coming in the form of television, which is fine because we had previously talked about um, an I Know What You Did last summer TV series adaptation, Mm -hmm. and I was trying to remember when, when looking over this, if there are any others. So Remind me if there is, and I missed one. But, okay, okay, as of this week, Seth Rogen is producing a horror movie for Lionsgate called Video Nasty, which the title alone I'm already in love with. I feel like that's a very <laughs> clever title. Um, but Lionsgate has acquired a horror spec script titled Video Nasty, written by Chris Thomas Devlin, and it centers on three teens who rent a cursed VHS tape and are pulled into an 80s slasher movie that threatens to trap them forever. So that plot kind of sounds like the final girls, which I love, but I'm sure it'll be totally different tonally at the very least. Devlin is the writer of Cobweb um, for Vertigo and Lionsgate. Cobweb is the one that's like the Marianne creators are working on. So I'm excited for that. So already like this writer is like, yes, thumbs up. Um, he Devlin also is writing the current Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot. And there are no deals in place yet, but uh, 50-50 director Jonathan Levine is eyeing the project to possibly direct and produce. So, yeah, so that's a movie, a slasher movie that's very 80s themed. Uh, I like the idea of Video Nasty because that was such a huge ordeal, the Video Nasty era. So, I don't know. I'm excited. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I feel like there's another movie I recently watched about, it was a horror movie, a really cheesy, low-budget horror movie about a TV where, like, monsters would come through the TV called, like, VHS something. Video Dead? Yeah, that's what, yeah, I was going to oh, say. Oh, maybe video it was Video Dead. dead. Cause, like, that's video the one dead where, like, the guy, or yeah, like, they, they mistakenly deliver this TV to a house and then, like, it's just really campy, cheesy horror I think I only got 30 minutes into it, and it was a little rough for me. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be that. I mean, Seth Rogen's producing it, and he's been on a streak. I mean, he did The Preacher 
series. Mm-hmm. He did The Boys. I absolutely adore The Boys. That's one of my favorite recent shows. Seth Rogen was involved in Preacher and The Boys? Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good for him. Yeah. So he, you know, I like com- comedians know horror. There's a lot mm-hmm. of overlap between horror and comedy. So. Oh, it's massive because ho- because comedians are some of the darkest people <laughs> you'll ever meet. There's a timing and a rhythm it's... to both that are like pretty similar too. Right. So. I agree. Yeah. So he's doing that or that's in the works. And then I know this news will thrill Xena, but Slasher. The TV series is getting revived. It's getting renewed for a fourth season on Shudder. So this anthology horror series just got renewed for a fourth season coming to Shudder soon, probably next year. Uh, Production is underway, and it's going to be titled Slasher, Flesh and Blood. It'll follow a wealthy but dysfunctional family. What other kind of family is there in horror? (laughs) Uh, gathering for a reunion <laughs> on a secluded island. Their old wounds and competitive rivalries will flare up when the family realized a masked killer is on the island, intent on picking them off one by one. Um, so if that's not exciting for you, then you should know Canadian horror legend David Cronenberg is going to star. That's exciting. That is um, so exciting. Doesn't it kind yeah, of sound well, like Harper Island-ish? Yeah. You know? But, yeah, Which I is... love Har- Harper's Island so, so same, much. Same, same. I'm so excited about this because I was actually just tweeting about this because I was wondering, when are we going to get season four? Where is it? Where? But now... Where it's... is it? Now it is coming. Uh, eight episode installment. Ex- they will stream... Asked ex- and answered. They saw Xena's tweet and they're like, oh, God, shit. Uh, haven't we? All right, here we go. She put it out into the universe with her witchy ways and they yes. answered. Witchy woman. The witchy woman got her her slasher series. Um, Yeah, so eight-episode installment will stream exclusively on horror platform Shudder in the U.S., Australia, New Zealand in 2021, and Canada and the U.K. and Ireland following its linear premieres in those countries. So I'm guessing they're having a more normal rollout versus here's going straight to Shudder. I'm not sure. We'll obviously update as we know more. But it's an interesting thing because it's like, this series started on Chiller mm-hmm. when Chiller existed, and then Chiller doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. Um, and then it moved to Netflix for the next two seasons, and now mm-hmm. it's moving to Shudder. So, slashers, you can't kill a slasher, apparently. The killers just keep coming, they keep relocating networks and streaming platforms, they won't die. Um, so yeah, and so I'm so that makes me curious. Uh, connected to this so you're saying season four is about a dysfunctional family on an island getting chased by a slasher yep now i've been noticing this again maybe this is just me but i've been noticing this so much more lately than i have in the past is dysfunction a requirement for horror like can you have horror without dysfunction well say no I, I mean, I say that cheekily, but the Freeling family and Poltergeist were pretty well adjusted. They were. They were not yeah. dysfunctional. Yeah. So I think that it's just an easy fodder for, like, conflict mm-hmm. because all good stories have conflict. And so these people are already bickering. Plus, what's an easy way to, to divide people when they're already, like, you know, ruffled feathers and, and rivalries between yeah, them? Yeah, but that, so I think that leads me... I think I saw it as a tweet or a meme or something first, but it's so right. Uh, The concept of show me a horror movie where the person does everything right and they still die. 
because that's scary. I'm going to find you that movie because I know that exists. Yeah, it, it totally does. What, what exists? Where? Well, besides <laughs> like the green room. I will think about it. I will yeah. get back to you next week because I know that they're like. And I'm sorry, you said it and they still die. Yes. Like where yeah. they, they play it smart and it mm-hmm. still doesn't work out for them. Like, so the example that I think of is like the green room, which mm-hmm. if you want to call it horror or not, it's totally up to you, whatever. It's still an amazing movie with tension through the entire thing. And I just wish Patrick Stewart didn't affect his accent. I wish he had just gone with his normal voice because it kind of fluctuates in and out a little bit weird. But, oh, my God, is he the perfect bad guy, evidently. <laughs> but if you watch, like, that show, like, yes, there's obviously conflict within the group, despite the fa- not just the fact that they're a punk band and a punk band playing at a white nationalist rally. But then within the band, like, there's dissent. But that said... Once they're actually in the situation, like they're coming up with and and the girl whose name I can't remember are coming up with solutions like the lights are out. What are you going to do? Light a cigarette. Like if the cherry bounces and he moves, kill him. Like just these little solutions, these scary moments that then something else has to happen, which is fine. Like you don't have to stumble your way out of a situation, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like luck your way out and survive. Like, that's super scary if someone, if you watch the movie and you're like, oh, no, shit, that was a good idea. And they got nothing. <laughs> like, that's that's horror. That's terrifying. As opposed to, oh, I would have just ran out the front door. Yeah, well, now what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do some researching on this question. Cause I'm I would sure love to they're... hear the answer. And listeners, but... if you have the answer, please call in with that. I need that now. But I do have one. <laughs> There's knows. one that I thought of. And maybe it could be argued. Well, she was in the woods. Okay. Um, <laughs> from from uh, the remake of Friday the 13th from 2009, the girl who we thought was going yeah. to survive, and she died horribly. She didn't even oh, do anything. That... She was even trying to, like, help. So yeah. she was a normal person. Yeah, but there's plenty of other people throughout that movie that are doing really ridiculous choices. Yeah, but she should have lived. Yeah, what she should have lived. Thing. Like they, they, that hurt my I soul. I gotcha. So yeah. I mean, that was definitely yeah. That was a that was if nothing else, that was the writers or the director pulling the rug out mm-hmm. from the like. You definitely didn't expect them to die because they weren't set up in that role as much as. And I suppose she did do. She worked pretty hard to be fine (laughs) how's about the descent because with the exception of one girl who ran Mm -hmm. and slipped they were all very smart about what Mm -hmm. they were doing they were very savvy and they still juno putting them there in the first place right but i mean the bulk of them yeah were not making dumb choices Mm -hmm. Bulk of them were making very smart choices and they did not make it out none of them i mean I'm ignoring part two. <laughs> yeah, where they completely retcon the the better uh, yeah. ending, in my opinion. Right. But if we're going um, with the original, with the original ending, not even the smart choices they made could save them. Mm-hmm. And and that's well, and that's an that's an excellent answer and a perfect point of how good a movie can be when you do that. Yeah. That it's not that it's just like it's so because you can still maintain attention. Like they there doesn't I mean, yes, obviously within the group, but even that, even that wasn't manufactured tension within the group. Right. Yes, there's the Juno subplot and and that, which comes down to it later in the movie, but it's within the context. Like, they're stuck in a hole. 
they're just... stuck in a really deep hole that no one. Yeah. That's tension. That's and not they're prepared. They're, they're strong, savvy people who know what they're doing. And yeah, it still doesn't get them out. It gets forward. them close, but not out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's so, yeah. that's a perfect example. Like more of that. That's there what you I go. Want, is all I'm saying. Um, and then <laughs> back to slasher, flesh and blood. The last thing I'll say on this <laughs> is that Solstice, which I think was season three, the previous yes. season, was directed by Adam McDonald. He, I believe, is set to return to direct, yes. and that's exciting because if you aren't familiar with Adam McDonald stuff, um, if you haven't watched slasher any season which it doesn't matter which one you start with because they're not connected mm-hmm. um he also directed backcountry which i really really like and he directed pie Wacket, which i know should be oh. zena's jam megan so, why do you know my heart let's just live together because <laughs> you're officially my horror sisters you too peggy <laughs> Oh, thanks yeah <laughs> horror sisters for life side note and this is more inside inside to my life than i usually give listeners we've decided our next year's halloween costumes in, oh in okay oh. as it seems like we watch at least some part of hamilton or listen to the soundtrack every day uh my wife and daughter are going to be going as angelica and eliza and i will be going as peggy adorable <laughs> i love it because obviously we're demanding and pictures. My, my son can be a ghostbuster or something <laughs> oh there, there'll be pictures <laughs> Good. Especially if wait. this actually happens. <laughs> awesome. Well, you got a whole year to plan, so there's no no excuses. And keeping the slasher TV train rolling, Norman Reedus is going to produce a TV series adaptation of the 80s slasher sorority house massacre. Um, Yay! Yeah, it's a very interesting choice. The 86 slasher, it was produced by Roger Corman, it spawned two sequels, and now it's getting a TV series. The Walking Dead star is producing the series under his new big bald head banner. In a statement, he said, We are thrilled to revisit this cult classic and create something truly unique. I would like more Uh, expansion on that statement. (laughs) How do you make this slasher Um, truly unique? It's called Sorority House Massacre. What's unique about that? I know. That's not what people are watching for. Right. And it's also a slasher. So you have to have a really hard, like you have Mm -hmm. a very high bar to set to try and reinvent something that's actually been reinvented a few times already. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious. I'm not like knocking him. I'm just, I would like to know more about this statement. Um, But the original film revolved around college students. I think he could have done better going with sorority. Slumber Party Massacre and Slumber Party. Yeah, but yeah. that would have been pretty ballsy because that is a completely female-driven trilogy so far. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know who's yeah. set to direct or, or, or anything. So I guess we'll see when those pieces fall into place. But I don't know. I mean, I think the lesser known of the two would be Sorority House or the lesser seen of the two would be Sorority House versus Slumber Party. But isn't... um. Sorority well, House Massacre directed by a woman, too? It is. Carol something. And I can't remember her name. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. But the original, if you didn't know the plot, revolved around college student Beth and her sorority sisters as they are stalked by an escaped psychopathic killer. Because who else? And and that killer happens to share a strange telepathic link with Beth. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> we'll find out. And as if that is not enough slasher TV news for you, Grady Hendrix, uh, slasher homage, the final girl support group is getting a series adaptation, which makes this extra interesting is that 
the final girl support group is not getting released or published until July 13th, 2021. So they snatched up rights for this before the book is even out on shelves. Mm. Well, like, what are we, seven, eight months, nine months in advance? So it hasn't even released yet. Um, But it's an homage and a subversion of iconic slasher films. The Final Girl Support Group is billed as a fresh new take on the beloved horror subgenre while also capturing the cultural zeitgeist around true crime stories. As for plot, the women in the Final Girl Support Group have been in therapy together for decades, ever since one was attacked by a cannibal family in Texas, by a machete-wielding maniac at summer camp, by an older brother who returned to settle scores on Halloween, by a lunatic who allegedly entered their dreams. These are the middle-aged survivors of real-life crimes the slasher movies are based on. Some of them are addicts, some of them are in denial, and some have become motivational speakers. And now the girls are mysteriously dying one by one. So I I like that. Um, I think that's a pretty clever plot. And I don't know if you guys have read any of Grady Hendrix's novels. He's one of my instant buys. Personally, like there's a few authors that I go to when they put out a novel, I'm snatching that up um, immediately. Like I actually last week finished um, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Vampires, which came out earlier this year. And that is also optioned for a series adaptation. Um, Amazon, let's see, that was optioned for Amazon studios um and that was a 10 buyer bidding war to option that novel which is fun that one's a very fun novel um hendrix is currently adapting his book horror store which is about a haunted ikea his novel my best friend's exorcism is set up at endeavor with chris landon producing an adaptation so pretty much everything that he's put out like fiction wise is getting turned into a movie or a series that's so so awesome so basically, he's the new Stephen King for adaptations. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah, probably. And he's such a good storyteller. I've actually seen him. He he does um, these kind of, I don't know what, they're almost like performance acts um, at a couple of film festivals. And he he's done, they're, they're kind of this mix of fiction and performance and theatrics, but with nonfiction stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, he had done one. That was basically like walking through the insanity of of young adult fiction, you know, that included the insanity of Christopher Pike plots and R.L. Stein and everything. So he's a super talented storyteller. So I am not really surprised at all. I'm actually super excited. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's kind of heading into that Stephen King territory. So yeah, I guess. Stuff. Any thoughts on on the plot at least? I think that it sounds interesting. I'm just loving the fact that with you mentioning that every single thing that he that he writes is going to turn into a movie or a series. So that makes me I definitely need to start reading his books. I can send you one. I just finished the the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. So oh my God, that sounds magical. It is so good. <laughs> like he's got such a like a charm. There, There's heart. He He knows horror, too. So, yeah. I'm guessing because that series, that book got turned into a 10 buyer bidding war. And that's why they're like, we're just going to snatch up rights before this book is even published. Hmm. So, well, yeah, it's like, um, oh, God, who? <laughs> See, now I'm just forgetting the names of everything. Who <laughs> was the, the writer 
Oh my God. It's a Ben Affleck series about a woman. Like everyone thinks Ben Affleck killed his wife. Oh, um, the, the Gone bottles. Girl. Gone Girl. Yeah. Gone Girl. Broken Bottles. Yeah. The Gone Girl. The writer of that. Um, Julian Flynn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that once that hit big, I think, I because th- I want to say that she's had, she had another movie made that didn't open well at all. And then there was a TV adaptation for another one, wasn't there? There's like a few, like Sharp Star- Objects, I think was the yeah reason. sharp Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, Sharp Objects, which I which is a really good book too. I was surprised my wife started watching it on a flight and I was like, what are you watching? And she told me, I'm like, that's a series? Like that's, <laughs> that was a, a crazy thing to hear that they had adapted into a series. But it totally makes sense. If you have a writer, because... If you look at it simply or overly simplified, when people write a novel, they're just writing a really long script. Mm -hmm. So if you prove that you have an audience, that your audience will uh, consume your media, of course. Yeah. That that makes perfect sense that there be adaptations. Like that's the, the big thing is, is it's finding a director who appreciates the material who has the right vision for it. If the writer themselves isn't adapting it, it's having someone adapt it well, because that also more often than not leads to the problems. Like when you have a big fan base who's really ready for the movie and you adapt it and people are like, what'd you turn it into? Yeah. That can be difficult too. Mm -hmm. Well, Hendrix is also a screenwriter. He did co-write Mohawk with Ted Geohagen. So he's he's like, he dabbles in everything. But um, Christopher Landon did freaky and happy death day to you and happy death day he's doing my best friend's exorcism the book out of like the film adaptation of that book which is perfect because grady hendrix his novel is a lot in the same vein of freaky and and happy death day Mm -hmm. so yeah so yes i'm actually super pumped and if you aren't a reader that's okay you can check out mohawk or just be excited because we're excited that's cool too (laughs) (laughs) and uh last but not least to to kind of prove that there is more out there than just slasher news it was announced that lynn ramsey is set to direct stephen king's the girl who loved tom gordon so uh announced earlier this year christy hall who did netflix's i am not okay with this is Mm -hmm. adapting um the 1999 novel into a feature film and they just secured lynn ramsey to direct she directed we need to talk about kevin yes you have not seen that um, and you really need some form of birth control, watch that movie. <laughs> so in The Girl Who Loved Tom Go- Gordon, King offers a frightening suspense novel about a young girl who becomes lost in the woods as night falls uh, on a six-mile hike in the main New Hampshire branch of the Appalachian Trail. Nine-year-old Trisha McFarlane quickly tires of the constant bickering between her older brother and her recently divorced mother. When she wanders off by herself and tries to catch up by attempting a shortcut, she becomes lost in the mil- in the wilderness, full of peril and terror, and she on- only has her ingenuity as a defense against the elements. Um, for solace, she turns to her Walkman to broadcasts of the Boston Red Sox baseball games and follows gritty performances of her hero, re- relief pitcher Tom Gordon. And when her radio reception begins to fade, she imagines that Tom Gordon is with her, protecting her from an all-too-real enemy who has left a trail of slaughtered animals and mangled trees in the dense, dark woods. So this is a book that has actually been 
attempted for adaptation before george a romero at one point was attached to direct an adaptation of the novel but obviously that project never came to pass um it's been considered an unfilmable novel before i don't know if either of you have read this one no it's really really good i mean i guess you could say that about freaking almost all of king's stuff but it was considered (laughs) unfilmable because like gerald's game a lot of it takes place in this in trisha's mind which how do you translate that to a film but clearly Mm -hmm. mike flanagan opened some doors i think uh so yeah i'm super excited about this i don't know if you have any thoughts uh nope nope no (laughs) and he stopped talking about slashers so i just kind of lost interest (laughs) although i did i did think of a piece of horror news i don't normally have these okay never hike alone the ghost cut is available so Never Hike Alone, basically combine Never Hike Alone and Never Hike in the Snow together to make a longer, like, hour and a half long um, Jason fan film that's available on YouTube. Never Hike Alone, The Ghost Cut. Check it out. It's really good. I, but, yeah. again, I love fan films. So That, that wraps up the news. <laughs> All right, listeners, your turn. Excited for more slashers? Got a horror movie where people actually make good choices? Let's hear about it. The number is 224-475-1040. Numbers in the show notes, too. We will play our favorite message or messages at the top of next week's episode. Please limit yourself to one question or comment per call. As you notice, we only had one question this week, and we only had one call. Maybe it's post-Halloween blues. Maybe it's the fact that it didn't even occur to me to play a previous message that we hadn't run before. I'm an imperfect person. So don't be scared to call in. We love to hear from all of you. And I promise that I'll keep them. So if this happens again, I'll play them. So finally, if you're anything like us and you spend all the time you have streaming movies on Shutter, Netflix, Amazon, and all the other services out there, then you're going to need some help. And Zena's here to tell us what we should be watching. So what should we be, what should we be watching, Zena? Well, before I hop into the list, I just want to remind everybody about Bloody Disgusting TV. <laughs> okay? Let's not you tell forget. Zena. Right. You have options. So hopping into what's coming out this week on Tuesday the 17th, Asylum, Twisted Horror, and Fantasy Tales will be available on VOD. Uh, This one tells horrific tales of terror that revolve around a stand-up comedian as as he performs his last show. And then coming to DVD, we have two movies. The first one, Relic. We talked about this movie previously. It is amazing. Check it out. Uh, The next one, The New Mutants, which I haven't checked this one out yet. Not too sure if you two had a chance to watch. I have, yeah. I have a review up on Bloody. Okay, there you go. And then coming out on Thursday, the 19th, on Shudder, Leap of Faith, William Freakins on The Exorcist. So, um... I kind of uh, received a screener on this. I don't know oh, why I'm yeah. dancing. So, um, oh. yeah, no, screener I, dance that nobody okay. can see right, but let us. Me, let me stop <laughs> dancing. I was getting out of here. <laughs> um, but this one explores the depths of William Freakins, his mind's eye, and his filmmaking process, and the mysteries of faith, 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 fate, and the shape of um, his life and filmography. And then coming to Hulu on Friday run a homeschooled teenager begins to suspect her mother is keeping a dark secret from her so and that's all that we have so woohoo woohoo judo chop (laughs) (laughs) and that's the bloody disgusting podcast for this week everyone if you'd like to read more from megan you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on twitter at haunted meg 
Xena can be found on our own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly Horror Narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.